Thanks for tuning in to the Boiler Express podcast. Join us each week as we dive into all things Purdue sports. You'll hear in-depth analysis of our previous and upcoming games, as well as interviews with players and people involved in the Purdue sports fandom. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and YouTube for our live stream shows as well. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another Tuesday night edition of the Boiler Express podcast. Uh, Damon is is out again tonight because he's being a good dad and a, love you, a good husband. So uh, prayers and thoughts still with him and his family as they as they recover from that situation. But uh, hey, we had a pretty big game on Saturday, guys. Uh, but uh, before we get to that, we'll get into our sponsors. Uh, Martin Vintage, uh, as always, uh, great shirts, great quality items over there. Um, a lot of cool retro kind of old school throwback stuff. My my style, like right up my aisle, basically. Because it's from uh, your era. Use the code BXP at checkout, but follow them on all socials because they get some better deals out there sometimes. So um, check out what they're doing over there, and then you can see the new drops and stuff that come out. So um, also check out CBB Analytics. Uh, Frank set that one up because uh, he's the big brain. He likes the big numbers. So uh, he's got a he's got to say premier membership so we can see all the teams and all the stats but if you want to go over there and get just an account for purdue you can do that for free um or you can go big and and check out all the stats like frank and everybody else here does so check them out um cincy blitz boards of course uh shoot i don't have mine behind me today but uh yeah it's a, a great great yard game table game for bar mitzvahs baptisms tailgates um what else guys Nothing's anything and everything right? pool party. Dylan's funeral Dylan's funeral we're gonna hey if there's of, not if you boys don't bring a blitz board to my funeral then damn it there we go oh there he's got go. work he's a working man he's a blue collar working man god love him we love Cody and there and we go Michaela. but check him out at Cincy blitz boards on Twitter um shoot them a message if you're interested in their stuff and they'll they'll work on you work with you on a cool design and then of course uh big banter uh, my partner over there, if you want to check out other things Big Ten related, not just Purdue, they've got accounts for all football and basketball teams over there. They also have a really cool thing called the Big Ten Huddle. So check out JR in the Big Ten Huddle. He does a good job of handsome JR. Pretty, I love pretty JR. fairly covering everything, especially for an Ohio State fan. He does a pretty good job. So yeah, you know, like of all Ohio State fans, JR. Well, JR, Eric, Chris, and Aaron are my favorite by a country mile. By the way, January 13th, uh, Ohio State hockey against Notre Dame hockey. Christopher and I will be there with Eric and the Ohio podcast guys. So if whatever reason, any Purdue people are there, doubt it, but come say hi. <laughs> nice. Nice. Get a little hockey, hockey, eh? Get a little... Yeah, a little hockey, eh? Yeah. I do know some uh, Purdue fans are Notre Dame hockey fans. Oh, don't lie, guys. Dude, you're going to the game and, and you're not Ohio State fans. So then, you know, what are we yeah. supposed to think there? I, I'm so glad I'm still gonna wear Purdue stuff. I'll, I'm no, going I'll, there because I have never been to a hockey game before. What in the hell? You've never of been any to a level? hockey game? Any level ever. Oh my goodness. What At least is, I've been to a Predators well, game. You all give me shit for being a this Predators is, fan. This is my hockey cherry being popped. Well, I'm glad Ooh. I'm the one to do it. Oh. Hey, the paper towels ready. What, what an honor. Yeah. What an honor. I can't <laughs> believe you've never been to a hockey game. That's crazy. Well, he won't be able to say that here in about three weeks, so yeah. he'll be good. I too have not not been to a hockey game. What are we doing, oh, boys? Wow, wow. Jesus. I have not. Sounds well, like I have some work to do. Look, been to more, many more common ground games. between Dylan and I. All that shitty talks, and we got the soccer common ground. We got the hockey common ground. Like, see, so if you count my time working in minor league hockey, I've been to God knows how many games. But if you don't count ones as fans, I've been to Blue Jackets game, Blackhawks games. Any minor league in the hundred mile radius, you got it. 
So here, here's here's old for you. I went to an Indianapolis Ice game once Holy at the crap. old Pepsi Coliseum. Yeah. Oh, yeah. the old Pepsi Coliseum. The old <laughs> Wayne Gretzky and Bobby Orr. Well, wow. we got off the rails pretty quickly there, didn't we, tonight? That's so. what I'm here for, boys. That's I mean, it's not like we have anything point. to celebrate or focus on, is there, right? Like, Not yeah. like there's a big game or anything. Oh, wait. But yeah, so um, Saturday, right? Number three, Purdue takes down number one, Arizona, and takes their title, you know, wrestling style. We just took the belt from them, back from them, regained the number one seat or the number one rank. Um, 92-84, it was basically the Fletch, Braden, Edie show, right? Our big three just showed up. And showed out um, 27 points, 26 points, and 22 points for Fletch, Braden, and, and Edie, respectively. But we do have somebody in the pod that was at the game. So, Frank, what did it look like? What did you see? He watched basketball. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I was there. I did watch the game uh, in person. It was pretty, <laughs> pretty cool. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess to, to start off about the atmosphere, it was, uh, it was pretty crazy. Um, I, I, I put it up there top three. Uh, just if you you know if you can imagine Maggie with just more people, that's what I would you know how I'd classify it. Uh, in terms of the fan ratio, like I I would say it was probably I said sixty five thirty five. My wife said seventy thirty Purdue Arizona, but there are more Arizona fans than what I had originally anticipated. Um, but in terms of the atmosphere, just it, it was it was unmatched. I think the 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 closest thing Russ I could say was Purdue Virginia the elite eight game. That's probably the closest that it, it, it beat the Purdue Arizona game, but it was definitely up there with just the intensity. And like I was telling you guys before we went live, that run where we had the three straight turnovers uh, where Fletch, I think had all three of them. That was just, I mean, my watch was telling going crazy, telling me I needed to get out of there. It was too loud. Um, but yeah, just terrific time, terrific game. Um, was happy. I got to go and happy. We got the win. Definitely. It definitely Chris. gave me a lot of a like final four national championship style game. Like, especially like the back and forth that always seems like in some of those. Now, obviously there's some caveats to that, but there always seems like <clears throat> in those national title games and final four games, it's always back and forth and back and forth. Cause they're so evenly matched. And it was, it was a good game. Dylan, did you get a chance to check it out? I did. It was a good one. And the environment, I mean, from, I mean, Frank was there, but on TV, the Purdue fans sounded incredible. Sounded like a great crowd. Yeah. I've, see, I've maybe my, I'll say maybe my view's a little skewed, but I felt like on TV, it was just like, man, it sounds like a church in here. Uh, maybe it's just because I was there and it just didn't, didn't convey how crazy it was, but uh, sorry, go ahead, Russ. No, you're good. I was just going to say, and that's the one thing I wanted you to talk about was what the, the mix of fans was because a lot of people, especially on Twitter, were talking about it was basically just a bigger Mac arena. It was Mackey Central or Mackey South. It was like 95%, 97%. They even said it on the coaches' show that it was like 97 98% Purdue fans. So for you to say 65%, hey, OHIO podcast. Eric, we were just was. talking about how Christopher, Chris and I are going to be at the game on January 13th. So we'll see you there, pal. Real excited for that one. Also, Eric, Chris has never been to a hockey game. You just let me know that, didn't know that. So Indeed. look at us. We're changing lives out here, Eric. There you go. Anyway, go on, Russ. What? <laughs> well, so Russ, to, to, to talk about some of the things that, that I saw in terms of the fans, um, I saw this. So I saw two suites, which were completely occupied by Arizona fans. Um, there were three sections in the lower section that were completely, completely occupied by Arizona fans. And just like, I mean, immediately around me, there were like seven. Um, and uh, I mean, so I, I was just looking throughout the crowd and you just saw red speckled in everywhere. 
Um, and, and I mean, and it, out in the concourse, uh, we were we were talking about how how shocking it was to see so many Arizona fans and see so much red. Um, I mean, I guess maybe it depended on where you sat, but you know, me, I would look down, I could see three sections full of Arizona fans in the lower section, and uh, I mean, I, I stand by my seventy thirty ratio. Um, and, re- and really, at the, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. But you you, you could hear on TV the audible U of A chance when Arizona went on their their runs in the beginning and in the second half. Um, the guy next to me actually asked what they were chanting. He thought they were chanting USA, um, which uh, we could all. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we all get by. That I mean, one. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not against it. Just doesn't yeah. seem like it fits. I mean, your yeah. colors are red, white, and blue, but like you're not America's team. What do we? So, so can we can we dive into this game just a little bit, Russ? In terms of in terms of what actually happened and what absolutely we, what we not about it. Yeah, 100. No. That the this definitely the isn't the podcast for like specifically in depth. No, no. At least three fourths of us don't get too in depth on the numbers. Maybe, maybe yeah, that yeah. guy up in the top. Well, right I mean, now. I mean, not even, not even numbers per se. Just, just you know what we saw, yeah. and and it looks like the, well, the first yeah, one, so, first ones on Eric here. A comment from Eric. Love to see it. There you go. I don't, you I don't know, know what he's know what talking you're about. Into the hockey. I'm not sure what he's talking about. Yeah, you you brought up the one uh, point that I wanted to be made on here, which was that you could hear oh. on TV even the the very. Decently audible U of A chance. So mm-hmm. for the people that were saying it was ninety seven percent, I don't I don't buy that. You could see at least one half because obviously the TV side shows you one Ooh. angle from the court, but you could see one half behind the Arizona bench was it was all red and blue. So it was it was like they they got their tournament section full. Like if you've been to tourney games, there's basically one fourth of each of the you know each there's one fourth of the bottom bowl, lower bowl, man, this is really easy for me to say that is for each of the teams. Cause usually two games like there was in this day, like there was Indiana state ball state Carry then on. Purdue and Arizona. So they, <laughs> each one of them got, each one of them got one fourth of the lower bowl and Arizona, they held their own in that, in that group for sure. And then like you said, they own some sweets too. So. But, yeah. Um, did, uh, um, uh, I don't know. Did any of you catch the ball state Indiana state game? Can't say I did. Well, I caught some of it, and I saw the Ball State came back. Indiana State was yeah, was it was it was actually it was actually a really good game. If you haven't seen Indiana State play, definitely make a point to do that. They're actually the second ranked team in Ken Palm in the state of Indiana. Um, Shout out to Larry Bird. Yeah, but they have a they have a, a big man. His name's Robbie Avila, um, and he's kind of making his way through social media right now. Is they're calling him the Nikola Jokic of college basketball. Um, he's extremely unathletic. He <laughs> is, he is six ten. He's a little hefty. Um, and, little and uh, but his, his passing and vision is, is amazing. Like he was making passes that like would impress me for a, a sixth year point guard and he's a second year big. So, um, uh, yeah, definitely. If you get an opportunity to watch Indiana state play, watch him. He wears the the goggle like style glasses. It was a Rex specs, um, like yeah, the Horace has, Grant style. He has he he I he rocks it. some ink. He has a like a like a almost like a, a half sleeve going on. Um, just a and, and just a really interesting player all, all around. He he stepped out. He hit two threes. I mean, he's Damn. just so fun to watch. But I Rex mean, the, yeah, the yeah the least athletic guy on the court, but his his IQ is his biggest weapon. Um, just a just a, a tree to watch him play, but so in, in terms of in terms of what we saw on the court, Russ, I was I was tickled. Tickled's a word I'll use. I was tickled at the fact that Tommy Lloyd, who's it's a, a coach who I have, easy. I'm uh, I, I'm a big fan of Tommy. I was a big fan. I was a big fan. A, fan. Yeah, <laughs> I was a big fan of Tommy Lloyd. I'm less of a fan now, 
But last yeah, week he said, we are going to play Zach Eady one-on-one. We have the talent. We have the size. We have the skill. He's never played a team like us. They actually showed part of the clip in the during the broadcast. Ooh. And what happens in E's first post touch? Nuked him. They trap him. They 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 send a post trap. And so for a guy who said all week that Zach Eady hasn't played a team like us, which he has, he has played guys that are just as big as Umar Balo, uh, just as big as is uh, Mo Crevis, the the seven two freshman they have. So for him to sit there and say he hasn't played a team like us, we're gonna play him one on one, and then trap him in his first post touch. Come on, man! Like that just looks silly, you know. Seventeen so don't, D chess. Don't uh, don't don't say things like that. Just don't don't don't. It's just silly. Yeah. Now you now you just look really silly. But you know, I couldn't tell. It was hard for me to parse out. Was was Arizona, who was uh, through that point in time actually currently still one of the best defensive teams in the country. Were they disrespecting Fletcher Lawyer or were they just playing sloppy defense? Because going back and watching it a second time, it's hard to tell. But they, I don't know if Edie just draws so much attention that, you know, it's easy to lose someone like Fletch or if they were just content to let him shoot it because he was what 0 for 4 the game before. Um, but then either way, they started overplaying him, which opened up shots for Braden. Um, which was which is a really cool thing to see, but Purdue definitely seemed content in their defensive game plan to make Keyshawn Johnson be the guy that was going to to beat him. They did a really good job shutting down Kylan Boswell. I thought, I think he had six points, and uh, his field goal percentage on the day was uh, was pretty rough. Let's see what what was it total eight for thirteen? Oh, no, I'm sorry, that's not him. Three for nine. Kylan Boswell was three for nine. So for a guy who's a lottery pick. They did a pretty good job uh, shutting him down, and uh, uh, yeah, and like Keyshawn, two of his three balls, like in the first like five minutes of the game, I feel like yeah, yeah, and and so uh, you know Keyshawn Johnson, he's a career like twenty five percent three point shooter. They did a good job of not overreacting to him starting two for two uh, from three. Both of those came in transition, and they were just they let him keep keep shooting. And what did he finish the game at two for two? So you know that. They they seemed uh, he seemed content to accept that you know I'll I'll beat you role and Purdue seemed to content to let him have that but ultimately I think this game came down to Purdue's depth uh, I mean they only Arizona only played uh, eight players and one of those is only for seven minutes so realistically only seven players so um, but I have to shout out Cam Heidi also um, I mean just his minutes were really impactful mostly on the defensive end he was really really good at sticking to guys off of all their ball screens um that was the immediate thing that stuck out to me defensively for sure but i'll leave it to someone else what'd you guys think yeah so but it's funny you say depth because one of the things i wanted to check was uh bench scoring do you guys know what bench scoring was in that game i do but i'll let these guys talk about it any guesses oh crickets okay so it was four to two (laughs) purdue Four, four bench points. Ah, that was my guess. Nice. Oh, I'm yeah. sure it was. Sure it was. <laughs> so, so, so the, the the interesting thing too is that in Arizona's last five games, they'd averaged almost 20 points from their bench players, and they wow. had two two against Purdue. Ooh. Now there is, you know, from a from a scoring standpoint, there's a big drop off between their starters and their and their second unit. But, um. Yeah, that was that was to me uh, a really really big thing, and another big thing was the turnovers for Purdue. I mean, we how many times did we turn them over? 13, 14? 13. 13. Yeah, and that was uh, I think we had three we had in a row. Twelve. 
yeah three in a row in the first half so um i mean that was that was really the momentum changer in my opinion is that we were able to turn them over three times in a row and get <laughs> buckets off of two of the three and you know, ethan morton had a shot blocked there on on the last one but that was the that was the kind of momentum changing moment in my opinion that's when the crowd really got into it um i will say we, the one thing i was a little disappointed in was how lost we kind of looked against a zone because when they went to that like one three one and two three zone like it just seemed like like we knew we needed it to needed to get it to gillis at the foul line but we just weren't doing it we kept trying to wrap it around the outside to dump it down low to Edie instead of just quick passes to like gillis on the line kick it to fletch to at the three and then down low to Edie or just something it just seemed we seemed out of sorts and which obviously allowed them to get back in the game. Yeah, I feel like we started off better against the zone, and then after the timeout, we got we got a little bit worse. Because even even with Edie, we had a he had two or three looks against the zone where he had that little hook that he's usually money on, and he missed yeah. like all three of them. Yeah. And if he hits even two of those three, we're probably not talking about how bad we were against the zone. And they might have even got out of the zone faster than what they did. So, yeah, I think. Umar Ballo did a really good job of um, making Edie go over his left um, when he when he was defending him in that zone. But yeah, Chris, I, I agree because uh, the first couple possessions against the zone weren't great for Arizona. Um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, I they're really good for one, Purdue, and then we just—it's almost like we made it too hard. I remember we one we game. like we kicked it to Gillis, he kicked it to Fletch for three, and then like mm -hmm. Braden had a three after that, and it was like they immediately got out of it, and then in the second half it went to hell in a handbasket. Yeah. And I think, you know, when you force a team like Arizona who hadn't played a single possession of zone all season, when you force them to play zone for the first time, that's probably a good thing in my opinion. Yeah. You know, like you're because they were, they were kind of, they, they didn't have an answer, um, especially with, uh, with Fletcher playing the way he did, but I, Fletcher was a beast. I love the way that painter started kind of riding the hot hand too, is later in the first half, we started running some plays just, just for Fletcher, just, you know, a simple pick and roll with a shake, but we'd have, I know one time we had Braden step out and actually pin down the shake man. He pinned down Pella Larson for Fletch. Uh, Pella Larson actually fouled him on that play too. He like grabbed him and pushed him back. I know that was pretty, uh, pretty crazy to see. But what do you got, Dylan? What, Dylan, what you laughing at? He's uh, over there smoking a fake cigarette or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. What he's got Apple on. stylus. Yeah, pen. I, was, I always, always have a pen in my hand. I try so to right, break the right focus. Russ act like a drummer twirling the drumstick or whatever. Hey, listen, yeah. middle school uh, bass drum player. Thank you. No, I think, uh, Frank, I think to go back to kind of what, what their strategy was and what they maybe their intentions were, I think that they're probably their two key points. If you looked at their scouting report was help on Edie. You know, you do need a double because even with Ballo, being a big dude and being able to play ED one-on-one -on -one possibly, you still want to give some help. Arizona has rats. Nice. <laughs> great, um, great insight, Nick. So, so I hey, will definitely – oh, sorry. No, I was going to say, so shout out, though, real quick. What uh, up, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Cincy Blitzboards. I got to pick up a Blitzboard from them, and it's the week um, of Christmas. Yay. But Nick, Nick Burst, while you're, while you're interacting and you're in the comments, what happened this week, bro? Like, you were like the third seed in our face football league. Ooh. You know, you're supposed to be in the final four and, and you let old Landon Hardy beat you. So now it's it's Frank, me, Landon, and Kyle Benter, I think, in the final four. Is Landon the guy from Minnesota? So, no, no, the guy from Minnesota was the, the guy that finished last that 
Hmm. Kept Damon from finishing last, basically. Gotcha. Sorry, Landon. Or maybe you. I don't know if Dylan finished. Ninth, the pro painters really fell apart once the Achilles literally took out our entire team. So uh, we'll see you guys next year. <laughs> Touche. And we got. I got a good idea for next year. Um, Damon kind of brought it up too, but I, I'd heard it before. But it's it's gonna be a good idea. But to get back to to the game, um, what I was talking about with for the game plan was, I think they were trying to stop Edie down low, give some help down low, and then keep Braden from going right. And I think that's kind of what they were – because if you listen to – I think it was Steve Lusk a couple weeks ago on the coach show. He basically said there's only so much you can try to do. There's five guys on the court on defense that you get to use. That's all you get It's five guys, right? That's the rules in basketball. Is that how basketball works? Yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, if you want to double ED, you're going to leave somebody open. You know, and if you're trying to help over on Braden on the screen, it's going to make defense shift even more. So, I think Fletch was just the beneficiary of that. Like, and, yeah, he's been streaky, but one of you all shared that He's got two of the top six scoring performances against top five Ken Palm defenses this year, so he's he's turned into a very big game, big game Fletch, big game dude. But what I will also say is, <clears throat> what we've done lately against doubles against Edie is what I think we hoped to do last year. It just never came to fruition. But this year we're shooting forty one percent from three or something like that. Yeah, so making teams that- pay. Yeah. Them pay for yeah. doubling. Yeah. And then Which like, we able to do and the lot. good thing is too, and this is almost where I like Braden's little uh, mid range jumper. He's just been lights out at is that like, if threes aren't hidden, he'll take a couple steps in and just hit from the free throw line extended and just be lights out the entire time. And that kind of makes up the difference a little bit. I think. Well, how about they... Fletch getting a little wraparound layup to get himself started too. He missed his first two threes, but then he takes it to the rim, sees one goes to the hoop, and then it was off to the races from there. Yeah, I mean, Purdue's first possession of the game, you know, this, so these are Purdue and Arizona are both teams that like to primarily play drop coverage, and Braden attacked it. Braden was like, hey, that's, uh, you're going to, you're going to let me take this shot. I'm going to take it. Oh, yes, I just realized here. the caption under your name, and that's incredible, by the way. You're going to use that torch hey, on a stogie, Mr. Director of Morale. Yeah. Damn right. That's my Got cigar little, torch. Of course, it's a little too torch. cold for uh, a little too chilly for cigars outside. So you, know. you don't you don't you don't light up a cigar in the house, Dylan? No, I'm not your style. Not my thing. I mean, no. I live alone now. I might as well screw it. <laughs> there you go. Open YOLO, as the kids say. They still yeah, say that's, what, that's still exactly okay? what the kids say, Russ. Okay. Yes. Your your caption is showing. <laughs> BXP Russ old. Facts. That's no cap. Not young. Uh, love you, Russ. But so I, I listened to a certain a certain talking head earlier this week, and I shouldn't do this, but I but I do from time to time. But Jeff Goodman. These, no, it wasn't. It wasn't Jeff Goodman good. actually. But but this 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 person said, in order for Purdue to win this game, they had to play a perfect game. Was exactly what they said. And I thought that was that was strange um, because that's I felt somebody like that did Purdue, not watch the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt like Purdue did not play a perfect game. Um, I mean, there was a seven-minute stretch, almost eight-minute eight stretch. Plus. It was over eight, I think, where we scored negative two points. You know, um, so I mean, and and it was it was self-inflicted that in that stretch. I felt like we tried to make things too difficult against the zone, like we said. Uh, we weren't just flashing middle and playing off of that. Uh, we were trying to make really difficult passes, and when when I when I went back and watched that section, it, it it was a lot. It wasn't as bad as what I thought when I was there in person. 
uh, Purdue really got back on the defensive end and forced some tough shots. Some of those they hit, but I felt like defensively they made up for for a lot of those. But I felt like this was far from a perfect game. Um, that was uh, that 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 was my take. Uh, does anyone anyone disagree or have anything to add to that? Man, we got a comment. Russ, are you getting your AARP <laughs> membership renewed for Christmas? Hey, since Blitzboards, you can make all those jokes you want because you had my back. You didn't put Russ's old on the Blitzboard. Yeah, so, that was so why the hell good. didn't I do that? Come on. I'll personally make you an AARP. Shout out to our new sponsor. So, no, I 100% agree. I don't think we played even remotely close to a perfect game. Um, and still played well. I mean, good enough to win. I mean, at the end of the day, that's kind of the uh, a motto for the tournament, right? Survive and advance. So... I think you're being a little a little harsh, but I, I made kind of the same point on the Big Ten Huddle. Like, I don't know what perfect game plan involves an eight-plus-minute stretch where you don't hit a field goal and you hit um, – I misspoke, so you might have been right, Frank, on the seven-minute mark that you're making, but it was eight-plus minutes without a field goal. We had we hit like three or four free throws in there. But I don't, I, I don't know what perfect game plan involves taking ten minutes off of seeing a ball go through the hoop in regulation. So, yeah, I, I think the other 30 minutes, we were pretty elite. I mean, we ended with the – 122.8 offensive rating again with that eight plus minute stretch without a field goal so and then 22 assists again that's 90 plus 90 plus percentile so yeah it's it was a pretty dang good game especially during you know against a defense that was supposedly top you know top two in the country and i think that you know there were some things that happened that are outside the norm for what we've seen so far this season, particularly Fletcher kind of jumping those passing lanes and, and getting some of those steals that he did in the first half. Uh, Cause Fletcher, is, I mean, and no disrespect to the guy, he's kind of surfaced as someone you kind of look to attack on defense, but he, he made the high IQ plays. He definitely knew the scouting report, knew when to jump the passing lane and was a beneficiary of some steals that, you know, led to some easy points, um, which is crazy. When I look at this, Russ, because Purdue had seven points off of fast break in this game, and it felt like double that, if I just think back to my memory. Um, Arizona had 17. Uh, but one thing is interesting too, Russ, is Purdue had almost 75 or 75 possessions in this game. And on the season, we averaged 70, so we were definitely playing at a faster pace than normal. Now, some of that is also due to you know Arizona's fast pace, but that uh, that Pella Larson Umar Ballo pick and roll for a lob is just a thing of beauty, man. Like that is such a cool play because you 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 overplay the the guard. He's just gonna toss it up and let him let him throw it down. That was so cool to see, and I found myself clapping a couple times because that was just such an impressive play. Uh, and I looked around and immediately stopped. But um, I, th- I think I'll- there's a portion last season where Braden and, and Edie went to that a few times, and they got pretty good with that. I'd like to see that come back for us as well. It felt like early on we were running a lot of sets in that game, and then that kind of transitioned into more of like a read and react offense, you know, just a standard pick and roll with some some weak side motion to, you know, confuse the defense. And and, and you know, the guys behind me at the game were definitely critical of everything that Purdue did, and they were critical of Braden for not having as many assists as he normally does. Um, but you know, he also had yeah. 20, 25 points. So the big maple um, led us in assists in the game. So. Yeah. yeah, that's that was a career high in assists for him too. Third in scoring, great. but he he picked it up on the assist column. So, yeah, Frank, um, to go back to your your fast point, fast break points comment, I, I want to go back to last week or the week before when we were talking about what what constitutes a fast break point because 
you know, it seems like a lot of times we get a turnover and we we might get it across the half court line quickly, but then we get in a half court set and then it doesn't go to, go down as a fast break point. But if you look at our points off turnovers, we had 15 points off turnovers. So maybe that's some of those turnover points is what maybe you thought should have gone down as a fast break point, but but did not just because we made one more pass than what could have been categorized as a fast break. Yeah, I, uh, uh, I truly don't know what constitutes a, a fast break point. Um because there's some there's some ambiguity there for sure, uh, but I, yeah, I don't um, yeah I don't exactly know. I know synergy they um, synergy categorizes uh, transition scoring as like scoring when the defense isn't set. So that's why like Purdue's transition defense numbers in the previous two seasons were a little bit skewed because their transition defense was more about converting those transition opportunities into half court opportunities. Yeah, and uh, to double down on your point about the steals too, we average just over five steals a game. We had ten that game, so double our season average. And then on top of that, one thing we've always talked about, at least I've always talked about, is the reason we don't get as many steals is because we don't get as many fouls. We don't play that aggressive style defense. So you would think, okay, we got double the steals. Did we play a little more aggressively? No, we had fourteen fouls in that game when our average on the season is a little over sixteen. So we played really, really good defense and opportune defense, and it. It's kind of like that style of defense where you know you know Arizona plays fast pace, so just kind of sit there and, and take what they give you. You know the Fletch turnovers were not him getting in some dude's jock strap and being playing physical. It was just him playing with a head on a swivel and and taking what came to him. Did I just see an Aaron Brown comment citing on a basketball podcast? That's like seeing a big oh hey there we go Aaron Brown. Also I don't know crap about basketball. Well, that's, how many uh, Ohio State fans do? Don't worry. Let's reference his his previous comment. Look, guys, if we put the ball in the hoop more than the other guys, we win. I mean, effectively, that's what it comes down to, right? Wasn't it Jimmy Butler that said something like that? They were like, what are you doing to to chain together these wins, yeah. Jimmy? He's like scoring more points than the other team. Or that guy Aaron's idol, John Madden. That's a John Madden comment. Just that guy from Baylor years ago in the tournament. And the reporter's like, how did they get more rebounds than you guys? He's like, well, they they were better at jumping and grabbing the ball and bringing it back down that's a and that's a rebound <laughs> see and they, they got more of those than those we than did, we so. did. <laughs> that's what you know what i i was i was i was happy that that he did that was that motley jonathan motley who did that and I mean, I think like, so, yeah. yeah like i mean because he was getting hounded by this reporter and they're like how does how does harvard out rebound baylor so was like well they got more rebounds and or didn't we talk about several times last season frank Braden? And some of those post-game pressers where they're talking about, well, why do you get such a slow start? Well, you know, that's a good question. Like, <laughs> it's like, it's not, not part of the game one. plan. Like, it's yeah. not, you know, I didn't plan to do that. It's just, I guess we got to get that figured out. Like, uh, but I'm, my favorite was, uh, it's like, why do you seem to struggle, you know, against the press? It was, well, it's really hard when three guys are guarding you. Like, it's really <laughs> hard. It's really hard when you're uh, like, against the sideline and there are three guys standing there trying to steal the ball from you. I like the one with Kevin Durant. The reporter's like, why do they call you KD? And he's like, well, my first name's Kevin, starts with a K. Last name's Durant, starts with a D. So therefore, it's KD. And the guy's like, oh, oh. <laughs> so figure it out. What are we doing? So, uh, Russ, I think one thing we need to mention is is fouls, since that's been a, been a hot topic uh, over the last week and a half or so. Uh, Purdue shot three more free throws in this game than Arizona did. Um, I believe... Did Edie lead all players in terms of fouls drawn? I think he did. Keyshaw Johnson had four shooting fouls. 
two on the floor, six. Edie had four shooting fouls. So, no, Edie didn't even lead. So, Edie was tied with Keyshawn Johnson for they, – they both drew six fouls in the game. He's just um, tall. Well, no, I mean, uh, so you, we've, we, we've heard it over the last week and a half that the only reason Purdue's winning games is because – the refs are, you know, they don't they don't call fouls. They 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 give Zach Eady all star treatment. They they give all give him all the calls. He goes to the the free throw line and hits all the free throws. And yeah, that we, one prick said that, didn't he? Yeah, don't yeah. skip the best comment from Twitter post Arizona when a certain someone wanted to say, "Well, if Eady was seven inches shorter, that'd have a major impact on his game." <laughs> oh yeah, sure. And if Tyreek Hill was as fast as a normal lineman instead of as fast as he is, that'd affect his game, sure. Yeah, wasn't that thinks- Haslam who said that? Yeah, it was. It, it was. was. And if yeah. Russ Which he's too smart to be that stupid. Bro. Yeah. Lost a little respect for him, if I'm gonna be honest. That was that was the that was a that was a hot take. It's like I mean, Victor Wimbanyama was drafted because he's seven foot four. He was drafted first overall because he's really raw. He's not a great player right now, but he has a lot of potential because he's seven foot four. Uh, it's just like, I mean, yeah, height and basketball—that's a real thing. I, I don't, I don't know what what your point is. I am. But it's like pump the brakes because that's what he said. Pump the brakes on Edie National Player of the Year repeat. He's seven foot four. And I'm like, yeah, that's, so that's we why should... foot four guy wins the national play of the year every year, right? But I feel like I feel like you I have to know, issue it. I have to issue a public apology to all the other guys who are around seven foot four in college basketball that everyone's comparing their numbers to. Uh, because like I feel like every time anyone on Twitter <laughs> or any form of social media says Zach Eady is just tall, people just start dropping these guys' names and I'm I'm not even what gonna say him because I feel that bad. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> so it's like, well, this guy's seven foot five, he averages three points per game. This guy's seven foot four, he averages two points per game. This guy's come foot to three. Purdue and get developed. And it's and like th- those guys are just out there living their lives, you know, just playing their hearts out every night. And, <laughs> just trying know, their damnedest. And, yeah. Sorry to, it's hard to make you feel bad or call you out on it, but I feel like you're the first person I remember doing that too. Like I was. Know. Yeah, I was. I I I I did it like last season before it became cool. Uh, and then, uh, and like someone's Frank's like, the hipster of basketball. I am, yeah, I am. There's this like, there, there's this same like screenshot. He's the opposite of me. He's yeah. There's the same screenshot of like an Excel yeah. spreadsheet of all these guys. That's like a year old now. At this point, a lot of the numbers aren't even accurate anymore. That everyone's passing around, but it's like, yes, Edie is tall, sure, but he's also skilled. Like you can, you can be both. Not everyone who's tall is skilled, but like, and not everyone who's skilled is tall. As we see with Braden Smith, I mean, he's six foot on a good day. He's very skilled. They're so it just all you, tall you can, yeah. <laughs> they're all yeah, pretty pretty tall. Hi guys. <laughs> so has anybody else got anything else on uh, Arizona? Big dub. I don't know. Let me see. Big I dub. I think I think what I'll say too is I hope the Fletcher lawyer hate has stopped because the kid has been an absolute demon for the last five games six games maybe it i it was before the maui tournament so yeah regardless of what it is should the hate stop yes will it no probably always going to find somebody we're yeah um i think i don't know if i said it in the group thread or maybe just somebody around me but i feel like we're getting the michigan treatment in basketball minus the scandals like people are always going to find some reason why we won that game some reason why we're doing well you know, I know we talked about possibly being 
like Ohio State in football, I think at this point we're more like Michigan, just minus, you know, cheating and scandals. You can't say the N word. It's it's that team up north. Gosh, ex 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 Michigan. Whatever they do, yeah. Football season's been over for like a month. Like I don't know why you're bringing up football. I would say we're probably closer to Alabama because everybody hates Alabama, but they really don't have the scandals. Well, and when Alabama lost the game, what did they say? It was the sky, the sky was falling. We lost to Northwestern. It was like, right. oh, it's oh same God. team as last year. Here we go again. Like, no, I had one no. guy tweet me, and he's like, I haven't seen all the hate. And this is t- towards Coach Walters. Like, who's saying these? I was like, dude, I'm jealous of your yeah, of your that. timeline. Yeah. Like, I want you. How did how did you get your timeline? Because I want. I've never heard someone say they want Walters fired. I'm like, uh, man, I yeah. I wish I had that. Timeline. And then the Georgia recruit came in, and they all shut up. And it's just like, guys. Yeah, it's funny yeah. how that works, huh? It's odd how that works. Hmm. Aaron, so no, also, Russ, Aaron, football season's over. Quit talking football. We're not here for football. We're here for basketball. Russ, the only thing I'd left to say about the game was I felt like that was Purdue's best um, defensive game in terms of icing ball screens. Um, oh, I they like iced every time. the crap out of that thing. And, like, Lance I- Jones so many times just got in between uh, the screener and the ball handler and just, like, walled up and was like, nope. Nope, you're not you're not taking the screen and force him to the baseline. Um, so that was really, really cool to see. Um, it was like an ice chest. There were so many icings in it. Yeah. Whoa. Wow. Got a wow, Aaron. Oh, wow. Okay. Whoa. Aaron. First of all, I, said, I thought that said licking and not icing, so that was really <laughs> bad for a second. Time, I, uh, so. Aaron, this is a family program. Okay. Please. No, it's not. Please. So Children. for anyone for anyone who doesn't know, icing, a painter calls it downing. Is a, is a term where you force stuff that goes on a cake. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is what goes on a cake. When you when you ice a ball screen, it's mm. typically done on a side ball screen. You force the defender away from, or you force the ball handler away from the screen and toward the baseline, and that kind of pins the ball to one side. It helps make skip passes easier to intercept. Uh, it allows help to come a little bit earlier. So you see a lot of you see a lot of it in the Big Twelve. So anytime you see a, a Purdue defender getting in between. Uh, the ball handler and the screener and forcing them to to that sideline and toward the baseline, kind of shading them toward the baseline. That's what's uh, referred to as icing. Painter calls it downing a ball screen. There's 20 different names for it. I've noticed like we've done is, that way more this season. We have done that way more this season. And then when you look at the best teams defensively, you know, kind of consistently year over year, a lot of them play a um, uh, an icing or what they call a no middle scheme where it's like the ball gets in the middle that's like the last thing you want to allow. So it's it, what it sounds like. You don't let the ball in the middle. That's the the thing you try to eliminate the most. So you try to pin the ball on one side, and that makes playing defense easier because to toss it to the other side means you have to throw a cross-court pass, and there allows your guys more time to recover so they can help out in the paint a little bit more. So uh, it takes really athletic players to do it. But I'm going to comment here. Oops, Russ is yawning. Time for us old guys to go to bed. Night all, go Bucks. I missed my nap today, okay? I was explaining to the guys before I missed you my nap. You and your nursing home. Oh, Eric, do we, have to up, Eric. From, do we have to pick you up from the nursing home before the game? Is that- I'm going to oh. be intoxicated, just so you know. <laughs> shocker, shocker. We got the sneak wow. booze into there. Sneak. So we do have... We do have one game this week. I don't know that we need to spend a whole lot of time on it. Um, it's kind of that normal... Yes, yes, we do. Um, Christmas sure we do. break, buy game. Uh, but Thursday night, Jacksonville... Uh, at Mackey, 6.30 p.m. It's on BTN, not BTN Plus, actual regular I'll be there. BTN. Aren't they called the Dolphins? This, the Jacksonville Dolphins. So That's weird. very confusing. Yeah, yeah, if you're an NFL fan, it's very confusing. 
I heard it on the coach's show, and I was like, what did they just say? The Jacksonville Dolphins? Like, Of all no the sense. aquatic animals, they could have come up with something other than dolphins. Right, but right. but they are pretty lowly, lowly ranked. They're 267 in Ken Florida, Palm. Man. 273 in the net. Um, they're eight and four, but technically six and four because they they played two division two teams and beat up on them. Mm. They have one common opponent with us, and that's Xavier, but they lost 56 to 79. Um, obviously, we beat them by double figures. So, did we? If that's an indicator, um, yeah, it was 82 71. We beat Xavier. So, you've got receipts, Chris. I do. I do. Um, their leading scorer is a guy, a uh, sophomore named Robert McCray, a guard, um, 17.9 points a game. Sounds like a factory um, worker. You know, a couple of notes. They don't really play anybody over 6'9. They have a 6'11 freshman forward, but he's only played in four games this year. So I don't know if he's one of the bodies they decided to try to throw at him. But uh, yeah, that's, I don't know if you got more stats, Frank, or any of you guys have more stats than that. But. Uh, I mean, yeah, they uh, they're they're terrible on corner threes, Russ. I don't know if you saw that. They're seven for thirty-one in the corners, um, but uh, above the break, they're thirty-six point six percent. So uh, we'll be curious to see if Purdue tries to tries to let them shoot in the corners. I imagine probably not. I imagine this will be a game where uh, you know guys are looking to to make a make a statement, um, especially on the defensive end, but. Yeah, uh, they they shoot an above average percentage uh, from mid range. So they shoot fifteen percent of their shots are, are mid range shots, and the Division One average is twelve and a half, so a little bit higher there. Um, in terms of in the paint, not a, not a ton of scoring threats in the paint. They're only shooting fifty nine percent at the rim, so not not a ton to worry about there. Um, I mean, I anticipate this is going to be going to be an easy win for Purdue, but as as uh, Nick Burris just mentioned in a viewer comment. Um, you know, Indiana almost lost to Moorhead State. And these are the games where the students are gone and, you know, all the the uh, the farmers, let's say, who maybe aren't as energetic as the students come into town for the game. And, uh, you know, I don't I don't think anyone on this team is going to overlook this game. Um, as, uh, as, as they said on the coaches show uh, yesterday that, you know, this is two more obstacles that stand in the way of, of, of what Purdue's goal is this season. So um, I think that that this team understands that you got to bring it every night against D1 talent. And I, uh, I don't think that uh, that that's going to be an issue, but these games always scare me. You're coming off of a, a win on the number one team in the country. Um, you know, these guys are going to be hungry. The Jacksonville Dolphins, as weird as that sounds still. But I, uh, I think it would I think it would worry me more if it was Maryland or Nebraska or something like that. But I mean. Moorhead State's even a hundred spots up on Kempom compared to compared to where Jacksonville Dolphins are. It's gonna be difficult to deal with. However, your boy <laughs> will be there Thursday. Ooh, we got a man in the streets. Yes, sir. Boilers by tree. Comment here. Boilers by tree. Fitty. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it's. It is prediction time. Let's do some Ooh. predictions. My favorite. Dylan, I want. I want to make. Can I point out two more stats? Sorry, there's two stats yes. that I did. Oh, absolutely, I Russ. The one that I think I works. Oh yeah, so you'll right. like these especially because these these are more the CBB stats right here. So one that I think works in our favor Shout out is CBB analytics. Uh, Jacksonville averages twenty three free throws a game, which is eighty seventh percentile. I I think that's an area that we're going to crush them in because we don't foul as we know we don't foul we don't send teams to the free throw line. So if that's an area that they rely on a lot of their points and they already aren't a great scoring team. I think that's where we could see a large disadvantage there. But they're also in the 91st percentile in steals and steal percentage on defense. So 
We do need to take care of the ball. I don't know if they're a pressing team. I tried to find that on college on CBB, see if I could find that, but that's only the last two stats I got on that. So, okay, you guys go scores. Well, shout out the viewer comment here. Give me boilers by 34 from Nick. Yeah, I think I think that's a reasonable number. Yeah. Uh, but Dylan, we'll start with you. Yeah, speaking of reasonable, let's take it over to me. Uh, you know, as I always say, what's the slogan? It is boilers by a billion, a billion. against the dolphins. Fucking dolphins. Out of all the aquatic animals, and Miami has that day. I could go on. Why would you choose the dolphins? Based. Anyway, boilers by a billion. Can I be Chris? We got. Um, I'm gonna say that we put a hundred on them. Oh, I like that. And like Edie doesn't see the second half of the second half, or like starter, like main role guys like Fletch, Braden, Edie don't see. Edie will have like a double double in the first half. Braden will like, flirt with a triple double again. Over under twenty two and a half minutes for Edie. Ooh. I'm going under. under. Yeah, I go under. Yeah. Okay. I Notice I answered last. I, yeah. I waited to see what Frank was going to say. I'm like, yeah, Frank's right. Under. No, <laughs> we, have I, over. we have an over here in the comments. Oh, Nick, quit drinking. I think you could easily see it by be 20 to 25 point lead by halftime. Oh, easily. And then I think you, ahead, I think Frank. Edie gets his double digit points to keep the streak going. Yeah. Uh, and then he's and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I think Will Berg will get double digit points. Like, I mean, Old I just think, here. I just think it's going to be one of those games where, like, we're just going to come out hot early, especially being at home. You know, getting some some home love for the first time in a couple of weeks. Oh, yeah, we're a um, long way from being nervous playing at home as the number one team for the first time. Guys, it's yeah. the Gold Fedora guy. A legend. Oh my god! It's a legend on the yes. program. The gold fedora guy. Let's go! Holy shit! Well, first oh, half: Dolphins Lord. nineteen, Boilers forty-four. Final gold forty-two fedora to eighty-one. Guy. I'm a big fan of yours. With starters it. resting after the first turnover, or first time out. Second half. Yeah, Words are hard. Hey, okay. Look, yeah. No. Uh, uh, that is a very specific prediction. And I I, like I'm it. all for it. I'm all for it. I so we have we 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 have Boilers by a billion on one end of the spectrum, and here we have. First half, Dolphins 19, Boilers 44, final 42-81 with the starters resting after the first time out in the second half. I mean, love it. Love that level of specificity. Love you, Gold Fedora guy. Big fan. That is more in the vein of where I was thinking, too. I was thinking we're going to be up, you know, 20, 25 at halftime, like Chris said, but I don't know if we get to 100 because they're going to pull the starters so quickly in the second half that I think our scoring does slow down and you see more of like, you know, an 83 to 52 kind of a final score. Yeah, so Russ, Russ, to answer your question about the press, they have pressed 27 times this season. Doesn't so, seem like a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, that's what less than three times a game. So, yeah. Got a comment here. ESPN is schmoozing over Coach Prime, bringing in a 49th rated recruiting class, but crickets for a top 30 class and a top six transfer class. Amen. I think that is a perfect Amen. transition. Yeah. Yeah, we're that- also officially – uh, in the positive, as far as people coming in and people going out, so between are our we? yeah between There's our transfer no. class and our We're incoming recruits, Walters, we are outnumbering those who graduated and those who transferred out. The rush, we got to fire. That out. doesn't sound right. That can't be. We had like nine oh, people Russ. alone transfer out. 
Right, but we yeah. also had a, like a 24, 25-person class coming in. Oh, you're talking about oh, the recruiting class. Oh, okay. Yes, okay. that's what I'm saying. Incoming, yeah. incoming freshmen plus transfers. Gotcha. Yes. I'm with you. Yes. Okay. I'm with you. I'm with you now. I, I thought you meant right. transfer yeah. portal guys coming in. Yeah. Well, you I guys were like, about to rest, right? I stumped the numbers guy with a number. Let's go. I was like, I can't math, but that doesn't sound right. <laughs> that don't math good. I don't math the goals. But... <laughs> Uh, no, so my 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 bold prediction, uh, and then we can we can. Move I on. love a Frank bold prediction. My bold prediction is this is Give this is a me. this is a good game, good game, and by good game I mean twelve or more for uh, Miles Colvin. It's another good game for Caleb Ooh. first. So like two it. guys who who have kind of been on the short end of the stick from a scoring opportunity perspective. And then here another comment we brought in a six foot seven inch three hundred and fifty pound O lineman. Amen, man. That's uh. Uh, that is one one hefty lineman. Uh, yeah, we are stacking bodies in front of Hudson, Hudson Card next season. Oh yeah, and who we put out the tweet the other day about putting a damn secret service group in front of him for next season. He's got with Hartwig at the anchor, and then the Notre Dame kid, the six foot seven kid. Like we have some studs coming in from that. How's, how's this for a bold prediction? Maccabee will go for over a thousand yards next year. Aaron, yeah. Whoa. Aaron, we have Aaron. Won't help. Well, we saw we saw Don't what you, happened when Hudson Card was first. Oh yeah, go Syracuse. Yeah, yeah, great point from Ultimate <laughs> Boiler. Marcus Bow coming back as well. Yeah, that's huge. Um, it, 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 the Boiler guy is cool. I yeah, feel we should like, have him on the pod. Yeah. I feel like it's uh it's. It's highly speculated, uh, but is it confirmed? Uh, Kajun Jenkins is that? Is he? Is he? Back I have not or? seen confirmation on. I've that heard yet. one yeah. way or the other. Yeah, I know it's. I know it's. It's like it's been reported that it's highly speculated that he's coming back, but I don't really know. Which um, speaking of, of did you guys hear uh, Zach Eady his pregame interview for the Arizona game talking about his decision to come back? Uh, no, no, I, I was at the game, so I didn't. I didn't get any of that. So it was pretty cool. He said kind of the last thing he thought about before he made his decision was when he makes the decision, like if he decides to go pro or if he decides to come back to Purdue, when he looks back a year later, when he looks back on that year, is he going to say, what, what situation is he going to say? Yeah, that was the right decision. I had a lot of fun doing that. That was, that was, I'm going to have a lot of memories from that year. Like it was a really good year in my life. And he said he looked at Purdue and how loved he was and obviously being national player of the year, but just the situation he saw as being a lot more fun, a lot more positive, and he had some things that were unfinished. And so when he thought about it that way, it was a pretty clear decision. So, and then Painter, too, in one of the, I think it was a couple weeks ago, one of the pregame or postgame pressers, not a coach's show, he basically talked about it like it was guaranteed. He said that Edie was going to be a second round pick. He was going to sign a two week G League contract. He was going to play a lot of G League games. Might not even see many, if any, NBA minutes. So I don't know if you guys saw that. It was just kind of thrown in there, like I said, in one of those hard to hear hallway interviews. But big, they they've got to step it up on that man. Like with that elevator going in the background, and like Painter will start talking. It's like, what? like it sounds like a, something terrible is happening. Like, come on, yeah, let's get get real microphones here. Don't record this on your iPhone, man. These guys, these are professional media outlets, man. If the Boiler Express podcast can have iPhone microphones, they can. So uh, here we here we have a comment from the uh, from from the Purdue grad, but Ohio State fan. Aaron is a Purdue grad. I hope they get it together in football. 
IDK much about basketball. At least we have that going right now. Amen. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I'm I feel good about future, Aaron. Uh, from I I feel like our program's in good hands and uh, defensively, I like the pieces we're bringing in and I like uh, you know some of the recruits we have coming in. Uh, I think it uh, Beasley is signing tomorrow. I think it's that's pretty much uh, guaranteed. I know people were uh, concerned he was visiting Syracuse. Um, just kind of seemed like a, a, a formality. And then a comment here, Aaron, don't be a turd. Yeah, Aaron, you're Rash. a Purdue grad. Act like it. I forgot he grad did graduate from Purdue. It's aggressive. He's a Purdue. Unwritten. Russ, one thing to uh, to to say uh, on that subject. Um, I don't know if I've ever mentioned on here, but I did have basketball season tickets for a few years. Um, and one of the things that I got to do was hear um, they had all these season ticket holder events. I got to hear Brian Cardinal speak. And he said that he always tells the players, this is the most fun you'll ever have playing basketball. That the second you go pro and then he, he, he won a championship, you know, so he, he's, he played pro basketball. He's like you, the second you Shout go out pro the janitor. Yeah. The second you go pro, it's no longer fun. Like once it, once it becomes your job, like when, when you're in college, you're, you're, you're hanging out with your friends, you're playing with your friends. You guys are all friends. You go do stuff together. You go to parties together. But like then, then, then you go into the NBA and you're doing this for a living, and now everyone around you is your competition. So like if you're taking minutes from this guy, he's mad because that's his paycheck now that, that you're putting on the line. And he said, so there's a lot of animosity that goes on in the locker room when, when, you, when you do this for a living. And so he said he tells players, he said he told Carson that. It's like, hey, like, yeah, go pro, sure, but like you'll, you'll never enjoy playing basketball more than, than you do right now. It that's is the most fun you'll ever Carson have. Went pro after his junior year. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and uh, you know, Carson, Carson was was a really good player, and and had you know nil been around, who knows? You know, Carson, Carson would have set records that probably would never have been broken if he had come back. I've always said he should have stayed one more year. Yeah, yeah. He was a shocker for sure. I've heard Robbie Hummel repeat a lot of those words that you just said too, about you know college being the most fun you'll have playing this game. So, and I think that's, you know, it sounds like that's ultimately what weighed the heaviest on Edie's decision. So, and Robbie even went so far as to talk about how playing in Europe is not all that it's, it's cracked up to be, you know, and that like, okay, we got to go play in Siberia now. Let's get on a bus for 14 hours. And then you get there and then you have to, you have to set up the bleachers. And he's like, I've never had to set up bleachers in my life. And like now I'm, I'm a professional. Like, sure, sure, the money's decent, but like, you set up these bleachers and like 50 people come and watch you play. I mean, and I, I know it kind of sounds like someone who's maybe a little bit spoiled to say that, but like, it's uh, it's not, not all that it's, that it's cracked out to be. You got a comment. I felt so bad for Robbie when Edie knocked him out of the top 10. Yeah. You could tell it affected him more than, more yeah. than what he wanted to let on for sure. But I mean, his, he, he is forever cemented in Purdue basketball history. Uh, oh, yeah. And they they showed him on the screen at at the stadium during the Arizona game, like during a timeout. Place went crazy. Like it was it was cool to see. So Russ, I don't know how how time allows. I know you had a possible treat for us this evening. That's something. Yeah. So if y'all are down, um, I'm inspired by Jr. and the Big Ten Huddle. Check them out. They do a lot of cool stuff with the uh, the whole conference. But they're going to do a player draft this week. And I thought, man, it's been a while since we've done a draft. So if you guys are up for it, you guys want to do a uh, – my my suggestion was a three-and-three three draft from the last two seasons. So that means you can go back and include 
like a David Jenkins Jr. or Brandon Newman even to make the player pool a little bit deeper. Because I know last time we did this, the last two or three picks were like walk-on non-scholarship players. So um, I'm going to go ahead and spin this this little fancy wheel here. It's got everybody on there, so this is nice and fair. So let's do this. Let's see if I can figure this out. I'm old. While you're doing that as a okay. comment, for no logical reason, I hope Robbie takes over for Painter in the future. Um, yeah, I would like to see that. That would be cool. Oh I'm, I'm, I'm starting to wonder if, if PJ doesn't become that, that guy. guy. No, it's it says Russ on the first pick, but I feel like oh, I got to do that again. Oh, I'll spin it again. I got to take the first pick. I'll spin it again. You oldest man alive. Is it at all feasible that PJ could be our next coach? Is that me? Oh, oh, Chris. Oh, that's true. Chris. Okay, so Chris, you can do, go first, Zach, pick, buddy. Of course, of course. That coming? Why do you always get first pick? That's a really good question, Frank. Uh, always walk that out a bit as I do this. <laughs> it's rigged, rigged election, fake news. Did y'all even hear what what Frank just said? Or no? No. Yeah. Yeah. Chris agreed. <laughs> Chris agreed that PJ could be. Uh, I could see it. He's definitely coach. seems like he's taking over more of the responsibility. Yeah, as I'm a big goes. PJ fan. And he just seems like he's got a really good basketball mind. And even when he played, it seemed like he was he was an X's and O's guy. Big shot, big shot, PJ man. Like oh, hey, oh. what you're bitching? What? Excuse <laughs> you. Uh, let's do uh, Robert Hummel from the last two years. Last two hey, seasons. Oh, I thought we were doing. Brother. I thought we were doing all the time. Jeez. I'm thinking the commentator is my pick. He's going to call the three. Yeah, the guy's on the floor. Technically, if we're going to do technicalities. Um, I don't know. Let's do uh, Fletch. Okay. All right. Oh, I could have done better. I mean, no offense to Fletch. Whoa, but... geez, that was a little quick to say that, man. So, <laughs> welcome why, to the podcast. Why JL. Fletch? Why Fletch? Sharpshooter. Okay. Oh, oh, well, I guess Frank's got to take Brayden. up the rear. Sorry, bud. So wow. I'm, of course, going to go Braden. Wow. I can't, Family can't program. skip Braden. I got to take Braden. I can't let him fall to Frank because then he gets Braden and a big. No, that's not even fair. So I got to go Braden. So, Frank, you got anybody minus the big three at your disposal? Yeah. You um, take the rest of the starting five. A, you can take your best friend. Put me, put me in a – um. I do love Ethan Morton, and I will defend that all day. Uh, I am going to take Lance Jones, good two-way player. Uh, he he can okay. he can neutralize some of the guys. Like, no offense to Fletch, but I feel like Lance Jones is locking him down. Okay, and you got two picks because you're at the turn, so we're gonna do this thing. Yeah, style. this one's this one. I'm gonna I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Mason Gillis for the Ooh, hustle. Interesting for the okay. hustle. All right, so it's back to me, man. That that's not the pick I expected, so it was a little makes my pick a little more difficult because I feel like I got to get a big here. I know we did this last time with the with the roster, and so you you kind of got stuck taking a big on on either your first or second pick. So, man, I think I'm gonna go with Trey Kaufman Wren. You know, I know, he, uh, yeah, I know that uh, Caleb first has got a little bit of size on him. But TKR starting for a reason, and I think he can at least mitigate with maybe a little bit of help, depending on who my third pick is. He can help mitigate the ED effect a little bit, and still also score offensively. So that's what I'm gonna go with. And Chris has got somebody sneaking up on him. So okay, is that the Taco Bell delivery? Are you good, Chris? Tell Mrs. Chris I said hi. Mrs. Chris, <laughs> how rude! How rude! 
So, Dylan, I know you didn't pay too much attention on your first pick, but uh, try to make your second pick and pick somebody that was on the team the last two years. Okay, now I get it now. All right, okay. Okay. Caleb first. Good. Okay. Good pick. Get your big. Hey, yo. Okay. All right, Chris, you get to be the first one to complete your team. So basically, the four bigs are off the board. And then you got the four guards, the four top playing guards off the board. So I know Chris is playing small ball over here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> He's used to that. Ow. Family <laughs> if you could play small ball with a lineup that includes Zach Eady, that'd be pretty impressive. Oh, this sucks. Do, do, do. Is Ethan Morton still on board? He is. I'm going to take Ethan for okay. lockdown defender. So you got your first guy. Ooh. So one more pick. Dylan just had an idea. I did. He David did. Jenkins. Yeah, there he goes. Oh. I, was I was wondering when he would go off the board because I, you know, Russ, I got, Russ was taking him. I Russ 100% was, was taking him. Very good pick. Very good pick. Okay. So Chris rounds out his squad with Zach Eady, Ethan Morton, David Jenkins Jr. Good combo guard from last year. Should have been at, a uh, 2,000 point score, but unfortunately couldn't get him there. But uh, Dylan, you got Fletcher Lawyer, kind of the first. Who you're gonna round out your team with? Wait, hold on. I got I. So last, so last year too, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shoot, hold on. He's like, now I gotta remember who's on the team last. I know year. now I gotta remember who's. I on mean, the it's there are, there are only two players who weren't on the team, and one year. of them's not on the board. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Brandon Newman's the other one. <laughs> Brandon Newman. Interesting. Okay, Brandon Newman. So you got it. You got a good lockout, lockdown, lockdown uh, perimeter defender. Um, that's what. That's what I, what I was going to say before you said it before me. So I'm going to pretty quickly lock up Camden Heidi because oh, having Russ, that, having that, I was, I was, clean, I was thinking about that, taking him. Yeah, having that wing, I think you know you guys got the defensive specialist with Brandon Newman, the Lance Jones, is the Ethan Morton off the board. Uh, but Camden Heidi's got the the athleticism that I think I could put him on, you know, whatever wing you try to put out there. He could also help Trey Coffin ran in the post on Edie. So I I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. I about had my contemplated squad. taking Ethan Morton and Cam Heidi, and used Ethan at the point. I thought that's where you were going to go, so I was already I was, ready to put David Jenkins on my squad. But yeah, I, I was. You. I was I was tossing back and forth on that. A comment here would be cool if Frank had some formula he could use to see who would win these three v threes more times than not. I, hey, I, I got you. Never man. say I never. Do it, yeah, that guy. Yeah. Look, yeah, look, look, look for this really in the next crack in the whip. Look for this in the next 24 hours. I don't like our chances against Dylan on any computer metric having ED up there. Or no, I'm sorry, Chris. You know, Chris has Chris, ED. Yeah. 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 So right, that, that leads me to to finish off, right? It does. Are you gonna go a big lineup? Or are you gonna get yourself? Depends on what you call what you call a big lineup, you know? Um like Will Berg's still there. We've seen what he can do. I'm still a fan of Brian Waddell, even though he doesn't get a ton of playing time these days. Um, you know, he's a he's six eight. He's mobile. Um, but I'm I'm gonna go NBA. I'm gonna draft on potential. Ooh. I'm gonna go with Miles Colvin. A lot I totally of saw that was coming. A lot of untapped potential there. The Extremely athletic, thing- can get a bucket. He's shooting forty six percent from three as a freshman. And I like that, but man, he's such a defensive liability. And I he is a defensive yeah. liability, but I I, I could fix that. I could fix that. 
I think having Mason Gillis, you needed maybe a little bit more support, a little more experience. Yeah. Because when Mason Gillis going against Edie in the post, or even TKR in the post, he's going to need some some help. And I don't, you know, that's we rough. But the thing, the, the the thing about Mason Gillis in in the post, Mason Gillis will give a hundred and ten percent effort every single time when defending that post up. And like I feel like I feel like Mason Gill is like you're never gonna be like, hey man, you didn't try your hardest. And so that I, I appreciate. So I'll lean more towards um Frank on this question, but if the two of you want to chime in as well here. Um interested in your opinion on these. Did you write the teams down at all, Frank? No, no, I did not. Okay, Sorry, so you were. um I'm gonna ask the question first, then and I'll run through the squads real quick. So wh- who do you think is the most offensively efficient squad and the, the most defensively efficient squad? From these teams. So Chris has got Zach Eady, Ethan Morton, and David Jenkins Jr. Dylan's got Fletcher Lawyer, Caleb First, and Brandon Newman. I took Braden Smith, Trey Kaufman Wren, Camden Heidi. And of course, Frank, you've got Lance Jones, Mason Gillis, and Miles Coven. Who do you have again, Russ? Uh Braden, TKR, and Camden Heidi. Hmm. So defensively, right away, Russ, uh, I feel like your your squad's probably the best defensive squad, um, top to bottom. Braden's an above average defender. TKR's looked really good on the defensive end, and Heidi has potential to be the best defender who's a painter's ever coached, just from what I've seen. Uh, like he's 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 trending up there with Rayfield Davis already. Offensively, like the Ethan Morton, David Jenkins is very top heavy. Um, and I mean, I feel like you could you could double Edie with that with that you know, and you know, as long as there were more than twenty five seconds on the shot clock, David Jenkins Jr. would be a little bit of a scoring threat there. Um, probably gonna have to go with Fletch first, Newman for the versatility aspect. And so by by Newman, I'm saying last year Brandon Newman, not this year Brandon Newman. No offense to Brandon Newman. He's not having the best of seasons this season. Did you kind of reel um, yourself out on those questions? Because I, I feel like on offense. Yeah, I didn't want to I didn't I, I didn't want to be too much of a homer and say my own, but I it it, it was between my own and 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 uh, Fletch versus Newman. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say offensively, as much as I, I kind of talked down your squad on defense, offensively, you can just stick your three guys at the perimeter and play like a three-man weave until someone's open and you're gonna hit that three. Probably, yeah. I mean, and, and Gil- Gillis does have a post game. We don't see it a ton because we don't need it from him, but he does have a decent post-up game. And, uh, you know, Miles' athleticism and versatility. And, Lan- I mean, like I said, Lance Jones is going to neutralize the other team's best, but we're talking offensively. But, you know, Lance Jones can take it to the rim. He doesn't have a memory in terms of shooting. Yeah, he can miss four shots in a row, and he's still going to fire him up there with confidence. And he, and he can stretch out the floor. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think it's between those two. I feel like the Edie Morton David Jenkins is 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 definitely a contender, but it's just very top heavy uh, in terms of you know Edie Edie's basically a bucket, but you could probably double and get away with that in that lineup. No, I would Ethan say Morton. I would say we're pretty defensively good though. I mean, you're not really going to get much towards the basket. You've got Ethan Morton as a defender, and Jenkins wasn't anybody to shy away from as a defender. No, I, definitely I not. Any one of us three are going to attack you the same way that that people are basically attacking Edie, and that's trying to pick and roll and yeah. seeing what you're going to do with them. Are you going to play drop coverage on a three on three game? Or are you because 
three on three, there's so much space on that floor. If you play job coverage and there's enough three pointers on these squads, three point shooters on these squads that yeah. that, that could hurt you. All right, boys, so, I got to take off. All right. I'll see you guys right. later. So uh, before we before we wrap up, what I'll do in response to uh, to Damon's comment here, um, I'll look I'll look at the numbers. I'll look at how these groups performed offensively, how they performed defensively when they were on the court together. I'll allot, That's what I was like, going to say. Plus. That's what's great about CBB is you can literally mix and see what these guys did. Thanks, on the court thanks to our partners, CBB Analytics. What I'll do yep. is I'll 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 plus or minus fifteen percent in every direction. Allow for that much variance, Russ. Then I'll run a million simulations and see who wins. I love That's it. What I'll I love do. it. Yeah. So, and of course, we'll put a poll on Twitter too. We'll get one of these guys to to put that up and see. So Dylan, Jay how are you from... coaching your squad? I feel like we talked a lot there, but you got Fletch and Caleb and and Brandon Newman. How you how you running that squad? Well, listen, boys, play Go ball. win by billions. Go win yeah, by billions. But it's gonna be boy. All right, we're gonna end the huddle. We're gonna break the huddle. Win by a billion. We're gonna, so basically, you're going to win by billions or lose by billions, either way. Exactly. It's either we shoot the lights out or we we just hit bricks and build a damn house. It's really the no Doc, between the Doc Rivers approach. I like it. Let's yeah. go out there and play some basketball. I'm gonna yeah. start sounding like Doc Rivers and or the Mike go. Woodson approach. Like you guys want to play zone? Sure, go ahead. I don't know, we'll see. I'll grow goatee yeah. like the Woodson. Don't threaten me. Yeah. What do you all want to do? Did you guys did you guys see that that picture that some some IU fans have an issue with of Woodson having a cigar after the the Kansas game? I will never hate against the man having a cigar. But, I don't know. Just like if people are mad, it's like he's having a cigar after a loss. I'm like, did you see the table design they had going on there? You could like yeah. stub your toe, your knee, and your shin in one dark red. Yeah. What an ugly. They're not good at interior design. I, I mean, my goodness. Why is it a problem if he wants to have a cigar after yeah, a loss? A he, 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 that could be his way of like unwinding and reflecting on, on I don't, I don't know. God but, forbid the man relax. Jeez. We got to We got to shout out whoever makes is is a creative who makes the videos because yeah, that video yesterday creative. was was movie type shit, dude. Like these elite. guys do movie type stuff. It's incredible. I also think cool, it's cool seeing stuff. Painter in the locker room. He's yeah. a lot more intense than he is, you know, in his interviews and stuff. And that's like when you go to football. I like the difference, or I think from an outsider's perspective, I don't know this for sure, but it seems like Purdue creative has been given much more room to create cool stuff with Walters than they were with Brom. And they have like, you get to see Walters in many different ways than just on the sideline. And uh, I think Purdue creative knocks it out of the park every damn time. Well, I, I love the end of that video that they made after the Purdue Virginia tech win, where it just ends like right. The guy says, welcome to the Walters era. And then just like, it's done. Yeah. Like that was, that was so good. But that, that, that video they made of Purdue, Arizona, I showed it to my wife and she's like, man, this makes it seem like something so much more serious than basketball. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, you would think this is about like a war or something. Like it's hey, we, like, those boys go to war every damn time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, like, uh, this is intense. we made it to an hour and 10 minutes, boys. Uh, we was, ran Chris hey, off shout out. along. Shout out to Poppins pub. My guy, Chris sent me this hat and some stickers. So uh, shout out. It's not an actual right. pub. You can't go to it. It's in his basement, I'm pretty sure. So I can't give you. It's not like. Shout know. out a place you guys can't go. Exactly. Way to go, <laughs> We're pretty much. You... That's that's another old thing. That's something I would do. But uh, you yeah, know, Russ, did you notice your name? Uh, I put that on there, sir. No, you put no, your I own did. tags. No, no you did I not. did. I did no, the what? oldest man alive. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you just that's good. that's good. That's good. I just. Yeah, I was. That's true. So while you guys were talking, I was messing around with this, and like I was like, "Oh, I can change their names." Basement <laughs> but, pubs um, are the best pubs. Pay attention are. tomorrow to your social medias. Uh, obviously, hey, signing days. The Big Ten huddle. 
great a lot of things do it. yeah yeah pay attention big ten shout home. I, i've, I've shouted them out a few times on there if you aren't watching them you know you're not a big enough fan you obviously you get don't to care see about jr's Purdue. handsome mug god um, and, uh. and right now you get to see jr talk a lot of good things about purdue so you get to see ohio state yeah. fan give purdue their flowers and it's great it's great stuff. i love it i love one it. thing um, one thing jr you need you need to uh you need to find someone who speaks negatively about purdue and and have a mom with russ because I feel like when Russ and I aren't on there, whoever the guests are, they're like, Zach Eady's terrible. He's only big. And then when we're on there, they're like, hey, he's great. He does nothing wrong. <laughs> I just I would I would love for Russ to be there and there'd be some disagreement. That would be that would be really cool. I see a lot of red, a lot of steam. It'd be interesting. It'd be interesting. Oh, but, like all um, there's nothing scarier than an angry old man. <laughs> Thursday night, 630. <laughs> big Ten Network play Jacksonville. We won't see you again until after the holidays. So Merry Christmas to everybody. Have a good, safe holiday weekend. Um, and we'll see you back here next Tuesday. Spoilers by a billion. Spoiler Don't up. you forget it.